Good morning. So good to have you with us here today. Happy Mother's Day. What a special time to celebrate our mums and uh, to be really gr grateful and be people of gratitude on this Mother's Day. Kids, I hope you've made something special for mum or you've done something special. Maybe you've made some brekkie or made a cup of tea or coffee uh, to make mum feel really special. And, you know, every one of us has a mum. And I pray that God would really encourage every one of us today. Uh, it's, it's Mother's Day and, and I've uh, lashed out and bought a, a, a new special shirt just for Mother's Day today with some flowers on it. Because uh, I know some of you like to try and pin flowers on me on Mother's Day. So I thought I'd just go and buy a, a floral shirt today for you. Some of you are going, Andrew, you shouldn't have. Seriously, you, you shouldn't have. But... Uh, you know, we're doing a series at the moment called Not Afraid, and I'm standing here today and declaring I'm not afraid to wear a, a shirt with flowers on it for Mother's Day, and uh, I really pray that you're encouraged, that you're uh, really strengthened, and uh, that God would bring faith and courage and hope to your heart today as you join with us wherever you are, wherever you're joining us from. You know, uh, if you're new here today, if you're uh, just joining us for the first time even, and you want to find out more about what we do here at the Christian Family Church, if you want to become uh, more involved in the things we do, maybe you'd like to join a life group or join in with our kids or our youth programs or MOPs, Mothers of Preschoolers, that is, uh, you can go to our website, which is cfccolac.com, www.cfc.com, or you can click on the link on the side there and go and find out all about all the programs and things that are happening here, even at this time, when we can't get together physically, we're continuing to meet through, through YouTube for youth and th through Zoom and Facebook for, for mops and different groups and our life groups are still running. Please, if you'd like to connect, if, you're, uh, if you've been able to, unable to in the past and maybe right now you can, uh, one night of the week, just get together on Zoom and, and study God's Word together, pray for each other, encourage each other, please uh, let us know, send us an email, uh, jump on the website or fill in a Connect card. Um, you can fill in an online care card right there on the, on the chat beside us and let us know if you've got prayer requests or wanting to get involved in any of those things in any way. Also, I'm very excited to announce to you and, and make sure you're aware that uh, Matt and Sam are getting married this Saturday. So uh, what an exciting time for these guys. It's, it's a really different plan to what they'd originally had planned with the wedding and the current conditions, please be praying for them this weekend, P pray for them during the week, and uh, actually we just want to pray for them now as a couple, uh, such a, a great couple who are so a part of this service and part of the church, and uh, let's just pray God's blessing upon them now. Lord God, we just thank you so much for Matt and for Sam, God we thank you for all that they do and the way they serve so many of us here at CFC so often. And Lord, right now, we just commit them into your care, Lord God. We ask that you would be glorified through their wedding. We thank you, God, for their coming together in marriage. And we just pray, Lord God, that you would, Lord, just let the, the, the joy of their, their, their wedding rise up more and more through this week, Lord. I just pray that uh, yeah, there would be a, a real sense of joy, even though things look different to what they might have planned, that, God, you would just uh, let your peace be upon them. God, I thank you for all the family and those who aren't able to be there physically. I know they're wanting to do some kind of video thing, but God, we just pray that uh, for every one of the family that they would really have a sense of that joy and excitement, and for each of us, Lord, as we celebrate their coming together in marriage. We just pray your blessing upon them, Lord, as a couple, and their married life together, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight we have our second uh, episode of The Chosen, this brand new show about the life of Jesus through the eyes of, the, of uh, those who are around him, the disciples and others that, whose lives were changed and affected by Jesus' life. 
And uh, if you missed last week's episode, you can jump on the website um, and click on the Watch the Chosen link and catch up before 8 o'clock tonight. And then 8 o'clock tonight, we have the second episode of The Chosen. And really encourage you to join in last week. To be honest, the first week, I think, is kind of the slowest week. And uh, if you felt like it was a little bit slow moving, don't worry, I did too. But it gets better and better. So I encourage you, if you can, please, just jump on the, on the website, at CFC Online, um, cfccollect.online.church, same place as you do for Sunday morning church, and you can join with us for The Chosen tonight. I just want to pray for us this morning before we begin to worship God together. Uh, I want to pray for our mums, pray for those who maybe have, have lost their mums, uh, just really pray that God would have His way in our hearts today. So let's just pray together now. Lord God, we thank You for this special day that we can celebrate mothers. We thank You, God, for every one of our mothers. Lord, for those that have had fantastic relationships and those that have maybe had a, a, a difficult journey with their mums. God, I just pray that you would uh, just bless every mum today. God, we just pray that you would comfort them, that Lord God, you would strengthen them. God, we thank you for a special grace for those mums that are uh, feeling stressed by this current time of uh, kids being home, doing school and all the things that are happening right now. God, we just thank you for encouraging them, for strengthening them. Lord God, we just thank you for, for helping us as, as husbands, as, as children, as families to, to, to support and really stand alongside and, and lift them up as they need lifting up, Lord God. We just thank you for every person today that you would speak into our hearts. Lord, as we lift our eyes to you, as we begin to worship you and, and lift our voices in song in just a moment, God, I just pray that these songs would touch our hearts, that you would change the way we think, that you would realign our thinking, God, with the, th the truths about who you are in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Would you stand, would you join with us now as we sing these songs of praise to our God right now? Thank you, Lord. God, we are so thankful for your love, for your grace. God, we thank you so much that we can join together even this morning and, and worship you. God, we thank you for everything you've done for us, and Lord, even what you're doing in us and, and around us today. God, we just ask you, Lord, to touch our heart at this time. God, we ask you to give us insight and wisdom in the decisions and things that we're doing, even this week, Lord God, that you would lead us by your Spirit. God, we just thank you for this time of opening your Word together. I just thank you, God, for every person who's joining with us today, that you would just speak words of life into them, God. Help us to understand, Lord, your plans and your purposes, that we would, uh, Lord, live life in a, in a greater alignment with the plans you have for us, Lord, we pray. God, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that's with us all, and just have your way in us, we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to continue to be looking at the book of 2 Corinthians, and the title of this series has been Not Afraid, and we want to be people who are not afraid, who live for God's glory, who who run and do and be in life, that we can be not afraid, despite what's going on around us, that we would live for God's glory in all things. You know, we're going to have a bit of a talk about relationships today and how we do life and relationships in the way God's planned for us. The, the Bible is full of, and really it's, a, it's about relationships. The Bible is all about God's relationship with people, that uh, in the beginning God created Humanity. He, he chose to make us, and, and we see the story of Adam and Eve and the way they, they, they broke that relationship through their sin. But then we, we go on and we read about Cain and Abel and the, and the struggle, the difficulty they had within their relationship. 
and then we go on and, and the rest of the Bible, it's the story of God's people and, and how they, they, they trust God, they don't trust God and the relationship they, they have with Him and the struggles they go through. And then we come to, to Jesus, the one who came to restore all people to relationship with, Jesus, to, with God the Father. Um, and the whole of the Bible is about relationships, but today I pray that we'll, we'll see a bit more of God's plan in our relationships with one another, that we can be more aligned with His plans for us together. If you've got your Bible there, uh, I encourage you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, maybe you can download the Bible app, uh, but don't do it now because you'll get distracted. Uh, but let's read together from chapter 2 and verse 5. Paul says, I'm not overstating it when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me. Most of you opposed him, and that was punishment enough. Now, however, it is time to forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. So I urge you now to reaffirm your love for him. I wrote to you as I did to test you and see if you would fully comply with my instructions. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority on, for your benefit, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. When I came to the city of Troas to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. But I had no peace of mind because my dear brother Titus hadn't yet arrived with a report from you. So I said goodbye and went on, my, on to Macedonia to find him. But thank God, he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the Word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. You know, Paul had given his life to, to teach people about the love of God. He'd gone to Corinth to teach them about who Jesus was. He'd, he'd helped them understand the gospel about who, who Jesus is, what he'd done, and how he fulfilled all the things that God had promised, that he was the Messiah. He'd taught them and trained them as disciples, and then he'd gone away, and others had come in, and he'd come and, and retaught them the truth and helped them see the lies that had been spoken to them. And then he's come and he's, he's trying to help them sort out disagreements and things that are going on. And, and then we hear about this man, this man who'd caused pain amongst them. And we don't know for sure who that man was or what he'd done, but quite possibly it was the same man that's talked about in his first letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And, but Paul says, he's, he's caused you great harm. Uh, you opposed him, many of you opposed him, and that was punishment enough. And now it's time to forgive and to, to bring comfort to this man. Now, there's a phrase that people often say in our, in, in our society, in our community, and that's that it's not our place to judge. And that is so true in so many ways. 
You know, God is the judge of the living and the dead. God is the only one who knows our hearts, He knows our minds, He knows everything we've been through, and He knows us better than we know ourselves. And He is the righteous judge. He is the one that will judge the living and the dead on, on the day when we go to meet Him. Um, God is our judge. But also in the Bible, it tells us to judge ourselves. In uh, Matthew chapter 7, it talks about not... Uh, judging others without judging ourselves first, about getting the, the log out of our own eye before we try and help our friend with a speck in their eye. And then there's, there's passages in Romans 12 that talks about carefully evaluate uh, our own lives, that we should judge ourselves and be careful about the way we live. But then there's passages like 1 Corinthians 14 that tell us to weigh up, to, to carefully judge and discern the words that people speak. We should judge it, we should carefully consider the words that are spoken. When I speak to you, you should weigh up the words that I'm speaking and, and ask God, is this true? Is this right? Does, does this line up with the rest of Scripture? And we are to judge the things that people say and decide, is this true? Is this to be trusted? Or is it a lie? Is it, is it false? We're commanded to do that. But then also, there's, there's the place where in 1 Corinthians 5, it, uh, Paul says to the church, he says, you know, it's not your responsibility to judge those outside the church. You can't expect non-Christians to behave in a, a Christian way. They don't know Jesus, they can't, they can't know Him and follow Him. But it certainly is your responsibility, he says, to those leading the church, to judge those inside the church. In other words, if someone claims to be a disciple of Jesus Christ... It is God's requirement for those of us in leadership within the church to keep one another accountable to the things that we are claiming. If we say we're a follower of Christ but continue to go on in unrepentant sin, that's as in we, we don't want to give it up, we, we, it's not just that we're struggling with something but we are choosing to do something that we know is wrong and saying, I don't care, I'm, I'm not changing. God says to put that person outside of the church, don't have fellowship with them. And I think that's a fair way to, to, to sum up where this man has been at. He's been doing things that have been contrary to God's Word. He's claiming to be a follower of Christ, but he has denied the things that Christ has taught him to do. And they've, they've opposed him and he's been put out of the church. But now Paul says, it's time to forgive. You know, I've got four points this morning and I'm going to start with point number four and finish with point number one because I really want you to just to remember point number one. But point number four today is that God is, sorry, God disciplines those He loves. God disciplines those He loves. God wants to bring correction in our lives. God disciplines us. He wants to train us and, and, and mold us and shape us. He doesn't want us to just stay how we are forever. He wants to grow us and shape us so that we can become the people He created us to be. God disciplines those He loves. He wants to change us and help us grow. You know, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, um, they, they sinned, they disobeyed God, and God didn't just allow them to go on in that state forever. God says in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 22, He talks about how if they eat of the tree of life, they'll live forever like this. And they, God puts them out of the garden, and I believe that's with the plan of so he could bring restoration to that relationship so that they would not go on for eternity in that broken relationship, but so Jesus could come and bring restoration to our relationship with God. You know, Jesus disciplined those he loved in Matthew chapter 16, verse uh, 23. Jesus is speaking to the disciples and, and teaching them, and he's talking about how he's going to die. 
and then three days later, he's going to rise again. And Peter sort of pulls him aside and, and reprimands him and says, Jesus, you can't say that. You can't say things like this. This is wrong, Jesus. You're not going to do that. And Jesus just turns to Peter and says, get away from me, Satan. It's pretty harsh. It's, it's pretty stern. But, but Jesus disciplines Peter. He, he pulls him up and says, Peter, you can't say that. That's wrong. And then he goes on to say, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must turn from selfish ways. You must take up your cross and follow me. If you want to keep your life, you've got to give up your life for my sake. God disciplines those he loves. Now Paul goes on in verse 7 and says, now it's, it's time to forgive. It's time to, to seek restoration. Yes, he's done the wrong thing and, and you have opposed him. You've, you've made it clear that you don't agree with what he's, he's done. But now I want you to, to, to forgive. And I believe it was a, a part of them trying to help this guy come back into relationship, to come back to the truth and to, to live the way that God wanted him to. He says, oh, otherwise he's going to be overcome by discouragement. God wants us to encourage one another. Yes, we, we, we want to judge what people say. We want to weigh up what people say and work out what's true, what's false. But we want to speak the truth in love. We want to always speak to help people in their relationship with God, with one another. And Paul says, don't let Satan outsmart you. We know we have an enemy. He's a, a real enemy. And we don't want to let the enemy separate us, divide us because of things that have happened and, and not seek that restoration. Point number three is that we must always forgive. You know, that doesn't mean that what someone has done is okay. Sometimes people have done things that are just totally not okay. But we still need to forgive. It doesn't mean we're saying what they did was okay. It doesn't mean that we think it should, it should be allowed to continue. But we, in our heart, must forgive. In our relationships with one another, we are always going to hurt each other sometimes. God help us not to do it too often. But we are, we are going to hurt each other. We're going to upset each other. And we must always forgive. Because forgiveness is about not holding on to the hurt ourselves. It's not allowing that thing to make our heart turn toxic. Forgiveness is about releasing it to God and saying, God, you are the righteous judge. I trust you and I'm handing over to you. We must always forgive. But that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be discipline. You know, when our, when our kids do something wrong, uh, we, we love them, we forgive them. But we want to train them. We want to help them grow and become who God wants them to be. So we, we have discipline. They make a mess. We forgive them. And then we help them to learn to clean it up. And we want to do things to help them learn and grow and uh, become who God made them to be. You know, Jesus died on the cross to take our punishment. We don't have to punish one another, but God wants us to be disi discipled and, and disciplined to grow and become who God made us to be. We want to speak the truth in love to help each other walk the journey that God has for us. You know, right now, some of you may be facing situations in your life, the, the, the challenges and the trials that are happening in your life right now may be really significant. But I want to point out that God totally loves you. God loves you and the trials that you're going through right now I believe a part of God's process, the challenges that we are all facing right now, a part of God's process of us being refined. He, he disciplines those He loves. He wants to grow us and shape us and mold us for His glory. He wants us to, to grow and become the people He made us to be so that we can be used by Him. 
so that we can enjoy the blessings He's got planned for us, so that we can be the people He desires for us to be. You know, over the last few weeks, uh, while we've been home and uh, in isolation, our family's uh, really been enjoying Lego again. Uh, we've been watching Lego Masters and, and really enjoying just building and, 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 you know, there's something really special about the way those, those bricks, you, you just click them together and that connection and, and it's just a beautiful feeling, isn't it, as you click those bricks together. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, we've been really enjoying it and the kids have been doing Lego Masters and, and mums, if on this Mother's Day you'd love to have a nice quiet Sunday afternoon, maybe you'd like to get your kids involved in the Colac Lego Masters and you can have a nice quiet afternoon while they go and play Lego. But, uh, you know, as we build Lego, as we learn to build Lego, we, we make things and uh, it's really fun, but we don't always understand everything about Lego straight away. Now, I, I brought something I prepared a little earlier this morning and uh, I, I might come over to the camera over here just so you can see a little easier. But as we, as we begin to make things, we, we, we make things and it's fun and, and this one's got good swishability. Um, those of you who know Brick, Brick Man know all about swishability. And uh, it's fun and you clip things together. But when you learn to make Lego for the first time, you start to build things. You make things and you don't really understand the principles. And they're kind, you kind of make things really fragile and they break. And it's really frustrating. Um, but, you know, just like with Lego, as we begin to learn to build things, God wants to teach us and grow us so that our connections with one another would become stronger. And that as we as we become more like the people He created us to be, that we would begin to soar, that we could build our lives in a way that they won't just fall and crumble, uh, but we can make things strong and things that are, uh, are well-made, that we can be joined together the way God wants us to be, so that we don't just fall apart when, when challenges come, when there's a bit of pressure, but we can be strong, that we can be creations that God is proud of and that we can uh, be for God's glory. Amen? And all the kids said, Absolutely. <laughs> Shift my Lego out of the way. We must always forgive. God disciplines those He loves. And Paul goes on in verse 12 and he, he says that he, he leaves Troas to go and find Titus because he's worried about him. He's concerned about this guy. He has a relationship with him and he's, he, he wants to make sure that he's okay. And he get, goes on into verse 14 and he says, he, he begins to praise God that we are His captives and that we are His sweet perfume. Now, I know it's Mother's Day, and maybe this morning some of you have got some brand new perfume, and you are smelling lovely. I can, I can smell your beautiful, sweet perfume from here. Sorry, that's just weird. <laughs> but I know that some of you are actually sitting in your pyjamas still, and uh, some of you haven't even brushed your teeth yet. And some of you, you know, your, your aroma, your, your perfume actually may not be that sweet right now. And uh, I, I just want to have a look at this for a moment and think, what is, what is Paul on about? What does he mean about us being a sweet perfume for God's glory? You know, Paul lived in, in a, a Roman-occupied world. And when Rome came and, and uh, took over a place, they would take the captives that they, they'd They'd captured and they would parade them in a procession through the town and all the, the Roman people would, would cheer and clap and, and it would be a parade declaring their greatness. But what Paul's saying is Christ has now captured us. We've surrendered to His love. And as we've surrendered to the, the true King of Kings, as we've become aware of His love, as we've 
accepted the, the privilege of becoming His children, we, we become a part of His kingdom. We are forgiven. We, we can know His protection and His power and God's, God's working in our lives. And now we, we can be led by God as His, as His triumphal procession announcing God's love and being the fragrance of His kingdom. Well, you know, we, we all have a fragrance. We all have an aroma. Some of us have a, a little stronger aroma. Maybe some of our aroma is a little more funky than others. Actually, I was uh, talking to someone just, just recently who'd, who'd borrowed something off someone. And uh, this person had borrowed this thing, and they had one of these things as well. And uh, they'd accidentally got the two things mixed up. And they're like, oh no, which one's mine, which one's theirs? I don't know. And we're thinking, oh no, this is terrible. But then this person said, well, it's okay, I'll just smell them. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And, and they, they said, well, I'll just smell them. And they, and they smelt one of the objects, and they smelt the other object, and they go, ah, oh, this is theirs. And I'm like, how do you know that? It's like, because it smells like them. <laughs> we all have an aroma. We all have a fragrance. Point number two this morning is God wants us to spread His fragrance. God wants us to be the aroma of Christ, to spread His love, to spread His joy, to spread His peace, to spread His forgiveness, to let the fruit of the Spirit be, be abundant in our lives as we allow the Spirit to lead us. And now next week, we're going to have a, a special guest preacher next Sunday, and I encourage you to come and join in, to tune in to the message next Sunday as he speaks more about being for God's glory and, and spreading that fragrance, that aroma. But I want to finish with this thought this morning. You know, we all smell things differently. Some things smell really sweet to one person and another person it's like, well, no, I don't really like it, it's too strong or whatever. And probably a great example of that might be coffee. Now, for some of you, coffee is the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning. If someone brings you coffee when you're lying in bed trying to wake up, that is a joyful, sweet aroma that helps you rise up out of your bed. And for some of you, you walk down the street and you walk past a cafe and you get a whiff of coffee and it's just like, ah, you just walk a little taller because co coffee is a, a beautiful, sweet aroma to you. But I'm aware that some people, coffee is not a smell you enjoy. Coffee is a repulsive thing to some people. That they, they just don't like the smell of it. Some people don't even like the taste of it. Um, that used to be me until... Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> um, but coffee, some people, it smells sweet. Some people, they hate it. And we all have different uh, tastes or, or different uh, preferences of aromas. But Paul says in verse 15 that there are... Basically, there are two types of people in this world. He says, there are, there are those who are perishing, and to them you are the aroma of death. You are a smell that they detest. They don't like you talking about eternity. They don't like you talking about judgment. They don't want you talking about faith in Jesus Christ because they want to do their own thing. You know, the Bible says, in our heart, we all instinctively know that we are sinners who deserve judgment. And to those who are refusing to accept what Jesus has done for us upon the cross, he says, you are the aroma of death. And some people won't like it when you talk about your faith in Jesus. Some people won't like it when you're sharing posts about Bible verses and encouraging people to, to know God's love. Because it reminds us that we need God's forgiveness. 
But then he goes on and he says, there are those who, who, who think you smell like death. And he says, but there are those who are being saved, that you are the fragrance of life to them. That you are an encouragement, that you are a beautiful perfume to them. To those who have surrendered to the love of God, who have acknowledged their sin and that we were His enemies, but that Christ has made us righteous in His sight now. To them, you are to the perfume of Christ. You are life to them. You know, Romans chapter 3 and verse 20 puts it this way. Romans chapter 3 verse 20. Paul says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. We, all, we, we try and do the right thing, but none of us are perfect. We've all sinned. Verse 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with Him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus, when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. Jesus came and died on the cross to take the punishment for our sin. God is the righteous judge. God does discipline those He loves. But God also offers forgiveness to every single person. And He wants you to come to Him, to receive His forgiveness, and be molded, be changed by Him for His glory. That you would be the fragrance of Christ. That you would help others know the life that He has for them. That He would lead you in triumphal procession. That your life would be a declaration to the world of how God's power has changed you. He wants to use you for His glory. He wants to lead you. And point number one is that we would be not afraid of forgiveness. God wants you to not be afraid of forgiveness. You know, some people are too ashamed of their sin to come to God and ask for forgiveness. Sometimes we are overcome by the sense of guilty guilt and, and shame, and, and we want to run away from God. But God wants us to not be afraid, to understand everything He did for us on the cross, and says, that is why I went to the cross, because I knew you would sin. He wants you to be not afraid of His forgiveness, to come to Him, to receive His forgiveness, to re receive His mercy, to be washed, to be made whole, to be made a new creation, the Bible talks about to be not afraid of His forgiveness, but also to not be afraid to forgive. Maybe some of you right now are feeling angry. You are, you're feeling so annoyed. You're so, feeling so frustrated. Maybe you're even angry with God right now. The situation you're in, the circumstances you're facing, maybe you're feeling so angry with God, saying, God, how could you allow this to happen? God, why did this have to happen? How could you possibly be, be letting this happen, God? And you're feeling angry today. And I want to let you know that God, is, God never does anything that is wrong. God is always loving. God, is, God, God never needs our forgiveness. But maybe in your heart, you need to, in a way, forgive God. You need to understand what He's doing is good and, and let go of that anger. 
You need to let go of the, the anger, the, the bitterness, whatever it might be in your heart, and understand that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. We may not understand what is happening in our lives right now. We might not like what God is allowing to happen in us. But we must trust that He is good. We must know that He is the one. He's, he's the source of all comfort. And He is the one who wants to make us strong. But we must surrender to Him. Don't be afraid of forgiveness. Don't be afraid to forgive. Maybe there's someone in your life who's hurt you and you need to forgive them today. Maybe there's someone who loves God and they've done something, they've said something, they've, they've not understood you or, and, it's, and it's hurt you, it's grieved you. But don't let that thing fester away in your life and I would encourage you today to come to God and say, God, help me to forgive that person. Help me to be free from that thing that would hold me back. We, we understand the enemy's schemes, as Paul says. So let's offer forgiveness, let's seek restoration in our relationships so that we can live life for God's glory. And finally, maybe as you think about not being afraid of forgiveness, you actually need to forgive yourself this morning. Maybe you've done things in the past that you are so ashamed of that you, you feel like, okay, God loves me, but He could never use me. Or maybe there's things you've done even, even this morning or this week where you feel like, I've failed again. God, why would you love me? God, how could you really still love me? But Jesus died on the cross. He knew every sin you would ever commit. And on the cross, He said, it is finished. Jesus knew every sin you would commit and still He chose to go and give His life as the ransom for you and for me. He gave His life so we could be set free, that we could be made whole and that we could come to Him. Just like in the story of the prodigal son, the, the son that had gone off and, and wasted so much of his inheritance and done so many evil things. It says when he, when he saw his sin, when he realized his, his mistakes, what he'd done, and he turned back to the Father, it says the Father ran to him. He embraced him. He, he, he called for a festival, a, a feast to celebrate his son returning home. And I want you to know today that God loves you and He is not going to hold back His forgiveness of you. If you will come to Him, if you will turn to Him, if you will acknowledge your sin, He is faithful and just and will forgive you for your sin. In just a moment, we're going to take communion together and we take communion together every week because it is, it is the foundation of our faith. There is no other hope that we have than knowing that Jesus died on the cross for our sin. We cannot earn God's forgiveness. But because of Jesus' sacrifice for us, we can be made whole. We have hope. We can have restoration with one another in our relationships with each other and with Him. And I want to encourage you this morning, even if you're joining us for the first time this morning, to, to join us as we take communion together. You may have a, a, a bit of bread, you may have some, some biscuits lying around the house. Just go and find something in a moment when the song starts to play. Just go and find some bread. Maybe you have some grape juice, maybe you have some, some fruit juice, maybe just some water. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And as we take communion, we, we remind ourselves that it is all because of what Jesus has done that we are forgiven. It's all because of Him that forgiveness is made possible. I'm just going to let you uh, do that in just a moment. But first, I just want to pray. 
Lord God, we just thank you so much for your word. Lord God, I just thank you that you understand what it is to be human. Lord Jesus, you walked this earth, you, you, you had people oppose you, you endured things that probably most of us, God, will, will never have to go through. God, you understand our humanity, and God, you understand what it is to be, to be wronged. God, you understand what, it, what pain is like. And God, I just pray that you would minister into people's hearts right now. For those who have been hurt, for those that, who have had, had grief in their heart and people have done things that should never have been done to them. God, I just pray for a supernatural power to, to come into their hearts, that they would know your love, that they would know your forgiveness and that you would help them even today to forgive those who have hurt them. Lord God, we just thank you that through all things it is your plan to bring restoration, that you could lead us in triumphal procession, God, that you would use us to display your glory and your love to the world around us. God, I just pray that you would help us to be the aroma of Christ. God, help us to, to display your character. And Lord, when people maybe do get frustrated with us, let it be about the truth of who you are and not just who we are. God, we thank you for your amazing grace. And even now as we prepare ourselves to take communion together, we just want to say thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name. I just want to encourage you to go and get that biscuit and the cup as we sing this song together now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, right, just, just right now as we just consider all that you've done for us, Lord, help us to just surrender to you right now. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we think about the things in our lives that, Lord, the things that maybe we've been ashamed of, the things we've done in the past, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you said it is finished. God, we thank you that you do not turn anyone away who comes to you. Lord, that we just thank you that we can come to you. Lord, strengthen us as we go out to be your people, we pray. We just thank you and declare that our hope is in you today, in Jesus' name. Let's eat and drink together, celebrating what he's done for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wherever you are, God knows you, God sees you, God knows your heart. And maybe today, maybe there's things that have been going on in your life and, and you uh, just really sense God calling you to take some action about that today. If you'd like someone to pray with you, please feel free to, to make a phone call or if you want to make a comment in the chat there and just say, hey, I just need to talk to someone. Maybe you want to fill in a care card on the online platform or just let us know that you'd like some prayer or you'd like some support or you want to talk to someone about how you can go forward in this thing that God's calling you to do today. God loves you. We want to be a support to one another as His people. God bless you all so much. I hope you're having a great Mother's Day and I hope that the rest of your Mother's Day is a really special one. Even if you can't meet with anyone else this morning, I just really pray that you'll have a sense of God's presence with you, that you'll know His power, that you'll know His love for you and uh, just really pray you have a great rest of the day. Please, if you can, 8 p.m. tonight, join us for the second episode of The Chosen. And uh, as I said, next Saturday, Sam and Matt's wedding. Let's be praying for these guys. 
And uh, pray you all have a blessed week and a blessed day in Jesus' name. God bless.